welcome back to another episode of Wellbound. We are your hosts, Brooke Snyder. And Peyton Janicek. And today's episode is all about a pregnancy update from Peyton. So, I mean, I'm just so excited to get into this and hear, I mean, I feel like I've heard updates along the way, but I'm excited for you guys to hear all of the updates since we last spoke um, because Peyton was super early on. So early on. In her pregnancy. And so I feel like a lot has, a lot of things have shifted or changed and a lot of fun updates have happened so I guess with that we can just get into it and maybe you could give like a quick recap of your first trimester before we get into some of the new fun things yeah yeah so like Brooke mentioned if you guys haven't listened I had a announcement episode when I was like five weeks along but we didn't actually post it until I was post 12 weeks I think Um, and so I actually went back and listened to the first episode I think like a week or two ago And I could like tell how nervous I was. And I remember feeling like I was like waiting in the unknown. Like we just didn't know anything at that point. Um, But I am really happy that we documented that in a podcast episode since I was only five weeks at that point. So currently it's January 14th. I'm halfway through. So I'm like 20 weeks in I think four days or something like that. And so I'm halfway through this pregnancy now in that... um, in a few months, like we're going to actually have like baby girl. Cause we do know now that it's a girl. That is crazy. Um, and so starting back up from week five to now, um, I have a pregnancy journal that my sister got me. And so I used it as like a guide for my recap since I wrote most things down, which I'm actually really glad that I did that because you forget, like I actually sat down to read through it yesterday and I realized that I hadn't put anything down for like week 19 And I was like, oh my gosh, I literally don't remember like what happened in week 19 (laughs) because it was just last week, but especially with symptoms and stuff, they all kind of blend together. So you don't really remember. Um, But I'll kind of use that as a guide because it did help me remember like what all the symptoms I had were now that I'm feeling better. I don't really remember all the bad that I was feeling at that point. Which is so crazy because on the receiving end of like, listening to updates and stuff from you I felt like your like morning sickness and stuff lasted for like a, I mean a while yeah it but de- it definitely did I feel like it was right after we recorded that first episode where your symptoms started to like increase and like yeah I don't want to say worsen but just like increase for sure did because I even noted like I was about five weeks and four days when the nausea really started which was probably like the day after we recorded the first yeah. episode. Because the first one you were like, I'm feeling great. Like things are great, which I know it was super early on. Right. And then I feel like, I mean, there for a while, I was kind of like, oh, how are you feeling today? And you were like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I just, I'm so nauseous, but like I need to eat because if I get hungry, I get more nauseous and yes. I'll let you get into all of that. But it's crazy that now you... I think you're feeling better. Yeah. A okay. lot better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that phase was, was definitely a significant one. It was wild. Yeah. So again, that around that five weeks, four days mark was when the nausea or that morning sickness, I say morning sickness and I literally do air quotes because it was even less in the morning than it was in the afternoon. Like the afternoons were the hardest for me. Um, but I was basically just nauseous all day. And although I never like actually threw up or anything from the nausea, I felt like I could like the whole time. 
Um, and so basically from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I was pretty nauseous. Um, and it really didn't ease up on me very often. So I wanted to talk through just like a couple different things, but first is like my main symptoms and the list looks really long as I look at it, but I think a lot of these are normal. Like they're just very common. Like most people experience these things. Um, and so I'll kind of talk through each one of them, but the first one, obviously nausea all day, every day. I think there was a couple days here and there that I like started to feel pretty good. And then I would feel nervous about that. And so it was almost like, well, what the heck's the point of feeling better if I get all nervous and anxious about it anyways? I remember that. Um, cause I remember you were like, I actually feel really good today, but that freaks me out. And mm-hmm. I was like, why don't, why don't like we just celebrate the like yeah. good feeling days and you were like, well, because I haven't felt good in weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know if I should celebrate it or if something's wrong. And, um, I definitely, I can't relate cause I've like never been pregnant or like, I just don't know like yeah. what, what that's like, but I, I can't even imagine having the nausea be almost become like your new normal and then feeling good and being like, Oh yeah. And so that was the weirdest part because I'm like, okay, when I'm nauseous, like it sucks. And it kind of got to the point where it just is, it was so common. And so like normal at that point for me that I remember, I think I told you this a couple of times, but there was a few times when I kind of forgot the reasoning why I didn't feel good. And I'd be like, gosh, when am I going to get over this like stomach bug? And then I'd have to be like, Peyton, it's literally not a stomach bug. It's a baby. You're pregnant. (laughs) You're pregnant. That's just your hormones and everything else (laughs) happening. Um, And so the nausea was a big one. That was just one that I still feel like though it wasn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking further out, you know, now that I feel good, but I feel like it still couldn't say that it was like the worst thing ever. Cause I know some women have like HG, which is the hyperemesis gravida, whatever. Like it's when they throw up all day, every day, basically for the yeah. entire pregnancy. And yeah. like, I don't know how you guys do it because I would be rough in it right now. And so I can't say that it was like super bad, even though it was difficult. Right. Um, but yeah, so the nausea was a big one and with nausea was the food aversions. And honestly, I could hardly eat from like whatever that week five and a half through about the beginning of the 15th week. I would say like the 15th week was almost like a a light switch flipped. Like I just felt completely different, but the food aversions, like nothing sounded good. It was like even, when things sounded good, I would make them. Like I remember one time I was like, okay, I feel pretty good. I'm going to go get a rotisserie chicken because it was convenient. I was still so tired. So like, I couldn't really muster up the strength to like create a whole meal. Yeah. And I go to super saver. They have very good rotisserie chicken there and I get it and I get a couple of the groceries and I was like, okay, I'm going to do like canned green beans, um, some rotisserie chicken and probably like minute rice like the quick stuff right and I put it in my car and I didn't put it in my trunk I just put everything in my back seat and I start driving and I was gagging because the smell of the rotisserie chicken for some reason even though I wanted it so bad and I thought it would go like go over fine I was so grossed out I rolled down my window and was like sticking my head out the window oh my gosh it was so bad and I just like all these foods and I'm a foodie like I eat 
basically whatever. Like I try new things. Like I am down for whatever. I'm not a picky eater and I could not eat anything. Like it was so bad. I'm scared for that time in my life because one, I I get a little hangry. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, if I can't eat, but if I don't eat, then I get nauseous. Mm-hmm. And also if I don't eat, I get hangry. Right. Like what's going to happen? Also, I, I have like a significant fear of throwing up. Yeah, like I just, do. I hate it. Like I don't, forget about I don't that. do it unless I am like sick, sick, like with yeah. a terrible stomach bug. So not to make this about me, but I'm, I just get a little nervous when yeah, I think about it. It's just like, hard because you're like, nobody knows what their symptoms are going to be. Right. And so like, you could be completely fine. You could be very, very sick. Like you just have no idea. And there's no way to even tell like what that's going to look like. And so, yeah, like you've been kind of saying too, is the more I wouldn't be able to eat and the hungrier I would get, the more nauseous I would get. And so it was kind of like this cycle of just like being nauseous, being hungry, being more nauseous. And then like, I was, I mean, I was force feeding myself obviously, because that's like the best we could do. Um, that, and then exhaustion, um, this came in really quick. I remember, I think it was probably still that same, like five weeks, four days time that I just, yeah. all of a sudden it was like eight o'clock and I was like, Kanan, I think I need to go like go to bed. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm just so tired. And I'm usually going to bed at like 11 o'clock right. and like wake up around 630 for work. And I, that's plenty of sleep for me. And I just was so tired. And so I think at first he was probably like, no way. Like this is probably just dramatic. But then he started realizing he's like, if it would be past like nine ten, he's like, I cannot believe you're still awake. Like I was just so tired. Yeah. I remember there for a couple of weeks you were like, oh no, my bedtime is like 9 PM on the dot. I yeah. remember we were recording one episode. I can't remember which one. And it was around, I think it was getting late, like around 9, yeah. 10, 9, 20. And we were kind of like trying to hurry because yeah. I remember how exhausted you were, how, how tired you that. were. Yeah. Cause um, we even mentioned in that episode, I can't remember which one it was, but that we were, we were like, it's kind of getting late. So like we are tired. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so the exhaustion has kind of relaxed on me a little bit. Like it's eased up and I probably go to bed around like 10 o'clock now. So a little bit back to normal ish. Um, some days I'm in bed at 8:30 other days I'm in bed at 11 so it's kind of like normal again. The next thing I did experience a little bit of and this still comes and goes but it's not like consistent are migraines. Um I noticed a couple times they would start developing around like I don't know 2 in the afternoon or so and I could feel them coming on and I would I'm I've said this a million times but like I'm not the best at taking medicine for like things and so there's already like a bunch of medications that you can't take and you can't take ibuprofen. So I'd have to take Tylenol. And for the longest time I didn't even have Tylenol on hand because I was just like, I just won't take it. (laughs) Um, and I quickly realized that I probably needed to have some Tylenol around the house just in case. But, um, the migraines then would really just set in like kind of behind my eyes. And it's like, I couldn't open my eyes for the night. And I'd usually just have to go to bed and I'd like put a bunch of pressure on my head with either like a pillow or like I would literally squeeze the sides of my head. And so for people who like have migraines on a normal basis, I do not know how they function. 
I don't have migraines on a regular basis. I think I've only had one or two my whole life. Yeah. But I'm right there with you. Like, I truly don't know how those people function. I remember Matt got a migraine one time. I don't know if it had, like, if stress was a part of it or um, he ate, like, some different food the night before he got a really serious migraine. But his was to the point where he was throwing up. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, I mean... I was kind of giving him a hard time whenever he did have a migraine because I was like, okay, like you have a headache, like, yeah, like you're fine. And then this was like super early in the morning because he kind of woke me up and he was like, oh, I just have a really bad headache. And I was like, you're waking me up because you have a headache. Yeah, you're like, why are you waking me up? Um, But then he woke up like an hour later and it was still like 4.30 or 5 a.m. And he was like throwing up because the migraine was so bad. So I just can't imagine yeah. dealing with that on a like daily or weekly basis there's just no way right I do know a couple of people who do struggle with them very normally like in their daily life and I mean there's medication that they're taking because of it and I just like feel so terrible for them because the migraines are just not great and I mean there's a lot of factors that I would consider in that like okay I wasn't really able to eat well so like that probably had an impact I was trying to do as well as I could with fluid intake because that's really important obviously and I'm sure multiple things um, kind of played a role in that. So like I said, they come and go still. Um, I had one the other night, but it wasn't super terrible. I try to like stay on top of it. So that's just another one of the random things. One of the things that was, I don't think uncommon, but maybe a little bit less common is dizziness and like near fainting experiences yeah I think the dizziness is common um because we have like blood shifts and fluid shifts in the body and whatever but I had I think it was like I was maybe seven or eight no I was probably like eight or nine weeks because I had had my first appointment and didn't tell my provider about it because I didn't have it at that point but I woke up and I was like doing some stuff in the kitchen. I was cleaning some things up and I hadn't had breakfast yet. Again, I was pretty nauseous. So like I, it wasn't my first priority, which it should have been, but it wasn't. Um, and so I was cleaning up and all of a sudden I kind of felt a little lightheaded. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get myself some dry cereal. I wasn't even like going to pour milk in it, anything. I was just going to get dry cereal and have some water. And so I pour my water and I pour the cereal into the bowl and I start like sweating. Like blacking out. Yeah. And my, my face felt tingly and like weird. And so I was like, oh my God, like I didn't know if I was going to throw up or if I was going to like pass out. And so I go and sit down on the floor in the bathroom because I didn't want to be standing up if I fell over. Right. And I like sat there by the toilet and I was like, oh my God, my face was tingling. Like I started sweating. I was dripping sweat. Yeah. Like I was soaking through my shirt Yep. and my hands were pins and needles and I couldn't like get enough energy to yell for Kanan because he was just in our room, like still kind of sleep. Right. And because it was only like 830 in the morning. Yeah. And so I called him on my cell phone and he answered and I was like, can you come to the bathroom? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. So he comes in and I'm like white as a ghost and like under my eyes look purpley gray. Like, yeah. And he's probably like, what is happening to you? Oh my gosh. But I was just like, can you just bring me like a wet washcloth for my like face and neck? And I said, and then can you bring me my dry cereal and my water so I can like eat it on the floor? (laughs) 
granted I was fine after that but it was like I mean that was like the closest I'd been to scary to actually blacking out yeah Yeah, because I was getting the tunnel vision and it's like I almost felt confused like I was trying to talk to Kanan and I could only get out like a couple words it was so weird and so I was a little bit nervous that that was going to be like a normal thing because I actually have heard I know of a couple people um specifically husbands who are like oh my gosh my wife would like just drop when she was pregnant like she would just get so dizzy and so she had to be really careful um and so dizziness has kind of stuck around not the near fainting experiences I had another one when I was at work actually probably a couple where I just could tell I was like getting really dizzy and I'd get hot and I was like okay I need to like sit down focus a little bit yeah and I like made myself sit down and so the dizziness I notice like if I'm at the gym and I'm working out sometimes I get a little bit dizzy but I just watch for that um and sit down and do my exercises and stuff if I need to and then with that is like standing up really quickly it happens all the time yeah it's like when I get out of bed to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night like I black out for a little bit when you're walking in your vision like just you know kind of goes foggy yeah but it's it's just kind of like that head rush feeling yeah um and so nothing super crazy one other thing that I did have which I don't think this is like a universal thing but I've heard other people talk about is this terrible taste in my mouth like almost on my tongue but I I could brush the heck out of my tongue I could do mouthwash I could do all this stuff and it's like this taste still remained and it was terrible what was it like rotten or like kind of like metallic or like it just felt like you know when you eat something nasty and you're like my breath smells so bad and you just want to like scrub your tongue like do the mouthwash do everything yeah it was like that all the time gross even if you had like something that was minty if I ate that 10 minutes later my mouth would have the most horrendous taste in it so that didn't help with like the nausea no or anything um and that only lasted through when my nausea and my like food aversions lasted through so about 15 weeks nice um I don't have that anymore Um, but it was not fun. A couple other things is like heartburn and reflux. This comes and goes. It still comes and goes last night. Even I went to lay down in bed and I hadn't eaten anything like right before I went to bed. Cause that's sometimes a problem is people eat too fast and then they go lay horizontally and then it can cause like some reflux. Um, I did not do that. I just went and brushed my teeth and like went to bed after working at my computer for like two hours and got the worst, like burning esophagus feeling and I was just like oh dang it because again like I have Tums but I just don't take like stuff like that very often I just like with some of these like heartburn or reflux if you're if that's not typical for you in your day-to-day life like I just wonder like why is that a pregnancy so weird and I don't know I think there's something with how like when the baby grows, it pushes up on things and can cause just like us to not maybe okay, yeah, just some backflow from the stomach into the esophagus. It's just so wild to me. It's so crazy. And it's funny too because everybody, you know, typically people are like, well, spicy foods give me heartburn, blah, blah, blah. No, I can have spicy food. I get no heartburn. I eat jalapenos like straight. The second I have like a cracker, I get freaking heartburn. Yeah, it's so, so strange. stupid. So strange. Yeah. And so it's, it's just really interesting. I don't know why that is. Um, but that was another one. Another is vivid dreams. That has been something that comes and goes this whole time. Um, 
and they're like so vivid that I remember them or I've woken up crying because of them or I've woke up and actually was physically like scared of being in my house. One of them, there was like an intruder in our house. Oh my gosh. And I woke up and I was actually like looking around the room, like panicked, but I've had some really funny ones too. And some that I'm like, that was so random. <laughs> like they're just comedy. To me though, like I feel like that makes more sense than like heartburn. Yeah. To, just to me. I don't know. And again, I probably don't do a very good job of relating only because I've never been through like this experience. But yeah, I feel like the the vivid dreams to me, it's like, okay, you're exhausted, like right. tired, hormones are shifting. Like, I, I don't know. I could that just see sense. that. Yeah. But like some of these I'm like, why? Like just why? I don't, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. And then with kind of the vivid dreams, I sometimes get some mild insomnia. I wouldn't say it's anything crazy. It kind of comes in spurts. Like for example, we had a snowstorm um, the past like week here pretty much. And the snow causes outside to look really bright and I've noticed that makes our room a lot lighter. And I think that could be part of it. But I'll wake up at like three in the morning and just be wide awake and like not feel like I can go back to sleep. And sometimes I don't go back to sleep. Um, so I do get some of that, which I never would wake up ever before. And so that's not super fun, but it's super infrequent for me. Like it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. And then the last thing on this list, there's probably like more things that I am missing, but Braxton Hicks. So apparently this is very normal. I was just talking to Brooke about this. Yeah. I was just asking about this. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah. So I noticed I started getting just a little bit of the Braxton Hicks, which is basically just like if it's a contraction. So your uterus basically just feels like hard as a rock for like 30 seconds to like a minute. Um, And I've read that it can be due to like a number of things. One is just like switching positions really fast. So I noticed like this morning it happened, I got out of bed and I went from laying down to like standing up really quickly. And I noticed it just like kind of balled up It doesn't hurt or anything. It's just kind of like tight and heavy. Um, And then another one is like not drinking enough fluids, blah, blah, blah. There's like a lot of things that can trigger them. Apparently they start happening really early in pregnancy, but you don't actually feel feel them physically until like about the halfway point, which is probably why I started experiencing them. Um, cause I think my first one, I started feeling around like 18 to 19 weeks. Yeah. And that's maybe where the misconception for me, like I've heard the term Braxton Hicks. Like I I know that Braxton Hicks means like contractions essentially, Mm -hmm. but I thought that was like from week 30. Right. Well, and that's what I didn't understand too, because I thought that was something that happened at like 36 weeks and it's kind of that like false labor or that preterm labor thing. Yeah. And so then it started happening to me and I didn't actually know what it was for probably like a week. Um, and then I went to my sister and brother-in-law's house and I was talking to them and I was like, Ken's, did you ever have like that? It almost feels like a tightening, like you get a hard uterus and she, and she was like, Oh yeah. And David's like, Oh, I totally remember her talking about that. And I was like, I think they're Braxton Hicks. And she was like, yeah, no, that's totally what they are. And so I guess it's just like something that happens, but like nobody really talks about it happening earlier on. Wild. Yeah. And so that's been something that's been a little bit more frequent. I think if they happen like super frequently throughout the day, like it's semi-concerning, but like here and there throughout the day, 
a couple times a day is like not anything abnormal. So those are kind of like the main symptoms. And again, I would say that like for the most part, it wasn't that bad. And maybe I say that just in hindsight. Yeah. I was going to ask like to recap your symptoms, you feel like most of them in terms of like nausea, extreme fatigue or Mm -hmm. like exhaustion, those have subsided. Yeah. Yeah. So the only ones from this lift specifically that still kind of hang around is sometimes the dizziness again, very rare. It's not like I'm like dizzy walking around all day, every day. Um, the migraines are maybe like once every two weeks or something like that. Um, exhaustion just depends on the day. I think sometimes I get, because I do feel really good. I just do too much and then I get pooped, which is normal for anybody. And then the heartburn reflux, vivid dreams, Braxton Hicks. Those are kind of the like main things that still come around, but they're very like not, they don't impact my day. Manageable. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What about like cravings? I feel like everyone talks about like pregnancy cravings. Oh, I craved like really weird foods or weird food combinations. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say actually, I shouldn't say weird foods or weird food combinations, but maybe just ones that aren't typical for them. Yeah. Um, like some people, I mean, you hear the typical ones like pickles or like pickles with, I don't know, cheese, or I've heard like, Oh, I, I always ate pickles with my hot Cheetos or something Mm -hmm. like that. So is there anything like that? That Yeah. I feel like that's the thing that everybody asks. Like when they find out I'm pregnant, they're like, what have you been craving? Like, what are your cravings been? And to be honest, I don't know if I have like cravings really per se. Like I don't want one specific thing all the time. Um, I did notice that especially when I was nauseous, the pickled foods. So like pickles, olives, that kind of thing, that flavor did neutralize some of that bad taste in my mouth. So when I had that nasty taste in my mouth that I was talking about, I would go take a swig of like pickle juice. Ew. And for some reason <laughs> it just made it like it neutralized the taste in my mouth. I don't know if it's like the salt or the vinegar or whatever, Yeah, wow. but it did help. Um, there was definitely things in my first trimester that I would say just went over well. Cause like not, not everything went over well for me food wise. Um, but sweets were a big thing. So like pop tarts, toaster strudels, some of these things I haven't had for years. I was like, we'll just eat them. Cause that's like what I can do. Yeah. Um, I did eat a lot of like the, I think it's like the bacon, egg and cheese, hot pockets yeah you were a hot pocket girl I was and again it's another thing that I don't typically buy um just because like I can make a fine breakfast at home yeah but I think I just knew I was struggling with protein a lot and I was like okay that's one thing I can do it's like this more greasy like savory breakfast thing that was hot um and so I did a lot of those and then fried cheese curds were my thing like I told Kanan (laughs) At our anatomy scan we just had two days ago, I told Kane and I said, well, I'm glad she's growing because I basically grew her with cheese curds. And he was <laughs> and he was like, well, she kind of did look like a cheese curd in some of those pictures. And it's so true, though. I would go to like Dairy Queen and go get cheese curds if I was really nauseous and just couldn't get anything down because yeah. it was just easy. Yeah. It was so weird. But yeah, so I wouldn't say there's really any cravings now. I just feel like I... I 
think things sound a lot more appetizing than I ever have before. Yeah. So like yesterday we we're out, we went to the gym and I was so hungry. Um, and we we're still kind of finishing up running errands. So we stopped at Chipotle and I thought like a Chipotle bowl just sounded so good. And typically with fast food and things like that, I would think that, but I wouldn't actually act on it right. um, in the past. But now it's like, I think about it and I do act on it. Yeah. You're like, I have to have that. Yeah. Which I'm like, you know, is fine for the time being. Cause it'll probably revert back. But I feel like I just give into that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's some of the things with like the cravings, not necessarily specific cravings or anything funky. Um, but I have been eating a lot more foods that I, I wouldn't typically have eaten. Not because they're necessarily bad, but just because I kind of have my routine in general that I like yeah. eat the same foods and whatever. Not the same foods, but you know, the same kind of variety of foods. And they're just things that I don't normally have around the house. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I did want to talk through um, my appointments that I've had. Cause I think, you know, people are kind of like, how often do you go? Like, what does that look like? So and I, I think, sorry, I think no, last yeah, time, like you hadn't even had an appointment yet. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like had no idea yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Um, so seven weeks was my first appointment. I did call and ask if I could get in like, earlier than you normally would. Cause I think you normally go in between like eight and 10 weeks for your first scan. Um, but I wanted to make sure that one, the pregnancy was there and progressing and that it was in the right spot. Um, because I had some concerns of just with like a, pre a previous loss, like having ectopic pregnancy or something, whatever. I just wanted confirmation that we were in the clear on that. Um, and they were happy to do that for me, which I was really appreciative of. So I, um, had my first scan at seven weeks, which was an initial ultrasound. So in that appointment, um, they brought me back into the ultrasound room. Um, it is a transvaginal ultrasound. And so with that, I just remember her like moving the wand and you could see my uterus and then you just see like this little speck Aww. in there. Yeah. And Kanan was with me and I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's a baby there. And she's like, does yeah. it look like one at 11 weeks? No. So at seven. A, or, so, oh, this at seven. Yeah. Okay. At seven. So no, she looked like a little tadpole. Got she it. had a head Okay. and like a body, but not really defined limbs. It literally looked like she had a tail. Yeah. Which is apparently exactly what they're supposed to look like at that point. And so it just looks like this little blob. And so she was kind of pointing things out. Well, when she zoomed in, you could see like the flutter of the heart and I was like, not emotional at that appointment, but I was pretty teary. Just like, it was so exciting to see. Um, and I think a lot of like nervousness and fears and anxieties, like it, my walls kind of came down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, is that like her heart? And she was like, yep, there it is. And at the time I obviously didn't say her cause I didn't know what it was, yeah. but I speak now because I know it's a girl, but I was like, is that the heart? And she was like, yep, there it is. And so it was too early at that appointment to hear it. Um, because it was like so, so early, but we could still see it and she could still track like how fast it was going. Yeah. And so she measured the baby and like tracked all that stuff and everything looked really, really good, which was obviously amazing news for us. And so then you go in and talk to like the OB. So I talked to my OB there and they talk about like your history with 
family history, medical history, Canaan side two. And because I do have a, it's called a V1 ventricular conduct delay. Sounds really crazy, but what it is, is it's basically just like this little pause when my heart beats, um, nothing to be concerned about. They just found it when they had been testing me for like heart stuff when I had anxiety, um, many years ago. And so I told my OB about that and just like any other, we don't really have too many crazy genetic things or anything that run in our family. So we're lucky there, but she did want me to then be referred over to a cardiologist just to check in. And she's like, you know, birth and pregnancy is like the biggest stress on the heart that you can put it through. And so she's like, I just want to make sure that everything with this will be okay. Cause she's like, if there's something that we need to do during birth to like hook you up to extra monitors or whatever, she's like, this will just tell us if we need to do that. Nice. Um, and I, again, appreciated that. My OB is very like proactive. My OB is actually Brooke's OB. Um, and she's like the best. Yeah. So it's kind of nice for me to hear from Peyton's perspective, like going through this process selfishly before I go through it. Um, just because I kind of get to hear about her experience, like at the doctor and then obviously her own personal experiences, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of, it feels like a nice little exercise for me like selfishly that Peyton's going through it first and then um hopefully I have just as like great of an experience as she's had so far yeah and so she made that referral and then we kind of go through like the educational materials just the basic pregnancy education materials and then I think they had me do some blood work too it's like a full panel on I don't know I think there's like thyroid and cholesterol and all that stuff And then I did take it upon myself to ask for nausea medication at that point because I had, it's really started to ramp up. Yeah. Um, And again, I'm not someone who likes to take medication all the time, but I wanted to at least have something on hand. And the medication did do a little bit for me, but it made me really, really tired, which was not good with the already compounded like exhaustion. So I took it just as I needed. I think I didn't even get like a refill on it. I just had the the initial dose. And so that was kind of that seven week appointment. And so then from there at my clinic, at least at our clinic, um, and I think this is pretty common. You just go every four weeks until you hit a certain point. And I can't remember exactly what that point is. It might be like 28 weeks or something like that. Maybe it's when you hit your third trimester Yeah, that you then start going every two weeks. And then I think once you hit like 36 weeks, you go every week until you get birth. So, I mean, there's a lot of appointments involved in it. So that meant that my next appointment would be at about 11 weeks. So I went to a seven-week appointment, then 11 weeks. And the 11-week appointment, we just had them listen to the heartbeat with a Doppler. They don't do like another ultrasound or anything. They did blood work for genetic results because we chose to do those. Um, you don't have to, you can forego those if you don't want to do that. But we decided just with our history that it would be something that would give us some peace of mind at the time. So we did the genetic results and then it also would help us know the sex of our baby. So we did find out at the blood test. Um, but that blood work took, they estimated like seven to 10 days. And with that, like we did end up finding out earlier than that. And Canaan literally was out of town hunting because it was open season. And 
he wasn't home when I got the results. And so I had to wait like 24 hours with the results of the genetic results and the gender of our baby in my like my chart i remember you telling me this and you were like of course he's gone like i have to wait and i was like i would not be able to wait i would be opening that my <laughs> chart and finding out before he got home it was so funny i told him it was like the true testament to my loyalty to him to like not peek good for you because i don't know if i have that kind of patience oh my god it was <laughs> i was just I, I told him too i said it's totally gonna show up here like when you're gone because he was gonna come back the next day but the next day it would have been like, I think seven days. So I'm like, okay, the earliest it would get here is the day that you get home. But I was like, I have a feeling it's going to come early for some reason. It did, but we're patient. We're good. Um, so we did find out, um, the sex of our baby that next day. And I think I will talk a little bit about that. And like when I talk about my memorable moments, so I'll wait on that. But then 16 weeks was my next appointment. So that one was, a little bit longer um, of a wait period just because then they go from 16, 20, blah, 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 blah. So I went from 11 weeks to my 16-week appointment. That one was very routine, kind of boring. I mean, you go in there and they just check with the Doppler, make sure the heartbeat sounds good, um, ask you if you have any questions. I think I shared like maybe a couple concerns I had with them at the time and that's about it. Yeah. Um, so that one's pretty routine. And then I did have to go in... I was a little bit worried that next following week that I was leaking fluid. I wasn't sure. There's a lot of things that happen, right? With right. pregnancy. Like it's not all rainbows and butterflies. So I was like, I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, worried about this. And so they're like, we'll come in. We'll have you just do a urine sample and then a swab. And they checked for like all these different infections, which I was in the clear for. Nothing was wrong. It was just like a normal, a normal pregnancy thing. Um, so it doesn't hurt to check on those things though, because right. I know things like UTI or, um, BV, some of those things are very common with pregnancy and they're masked by the pregnancy. A lot of times, like the symptoms you would normally feel with the UTI, sometimes you don't feel those when you're pregnant. Huh. Um, and obviously like having a UTI for an extended period of time is very detrimental to our bodies. So yeah, it's worth it to go in and check. Um, but I was all in the clear on that. So then I just kind of hung out and waited around for my 20 week appointment, which was a couple days ago. And that was our big anatomy scan. So this was definitely my favorite appointment so far. It yeah. was just so fun. We like, first of all, it was an absolute snowstorm. I didn't think we were going to be able to get there. Okay. Pause. When she says absolute snowstorm, I mean, I know I didn't grow up here in Nebraska, but this is I've lived here for almost a decade now, and this is the most snow that I've seen us get in a matter of like a week's time. Yeah. Like since I've lived here. And also, it's not like, like winds were 25 miles an hour. Snow, they got up to like 45 miles per hour. Yeah. Snow it was, terrible. was blowing everywhere. And the temperature was like basically like negative seven feels like negative 35. Yeah. And Peyton's anatomy scan was scheduled for Friday. Like, Nothing was open. Everyone was like, don't travel unless yeah. you need to. And Peyton's like, oh, I'm going to the scan. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to my 20-week appointment. Kanan literally so, picked me up in the Jeep because my car was not making it through. Our, no. our roads weren't scooped. I literally like, offered my my car. I was yeah. like, if you need to take this, like, please do. But all to say, when she says snowstorm, like, 
no like it was actually pretty bad it was pretty bad yeah (laughs) yeah and so i mean we're used to driving in snow and stuff but like it was just thick and packed and whatever and so i had called the clinic at well i called the clinic the day before because my one of my really good girlfriends from high school is actually only two and a half weeks ahead of me in her pregnancy and she was supposed to have her anatomy scan on monday and it actually got postponed till the following week on wednesday um, so went from a Monday one week to a Wednesday the following week. She had to wait like, t- what is that, 10 days? Due to weather. Due to weather. Yeah. Um, because they had a really bad snowstorm. And she lives a couple hours away from here. And so like here in Lincoln, I was like, what are the odds that the whole week it's fine enough? Like I drove to and from work the whole week except for Friday. We were in like yeah. a winter warning. Like it was just crazy. So Kanan comes and picks me up. And like is scooping basically to get me into the vehicle. And then he's like, well, we should put the shovel in the car in case we get stuck because it was that bad. So I'm calling the clinic like the day before and I'm like, are you guys going to be open tomorrow? And they're like, oh, we're planning on it. You know? Yeah. Granted, this clinic's connected to like a hospital system. So like they kind of need to be there. Right. Um, So I was lucky in that. I think if it was like more of an independent clinic, it probably would have closed. Um, And so then I called Friday morning Cause they were like, just call before, you know, you head here. Yeah. My appointment wasn't till one. Um, so I called them at like seven 30 and I was like, Hey, like, it sounds like you guys are there, but are you planning to hang around? And she's like, we're here. Like we're planning to be here. Oh my gosh. And it was like deserted when I got there. Yeah. They said like all their appointments got canceled, but Kaden and I made the trudge to get over there. Yeah. Um, oh, you wanted to see baby. We did. And so, yeah, we got to go back and get our ultrasound done, which took like, 45 minutes to an hour I actually think we were back there for an hour because little girl was hiding her face (laughs) she like one had her arms up by her face but she also her head was tucked into my pelvis and she was turned facing my back Mm. so you like couldn't get good visual of her face and like part of her head um but they were able to see everything else we did get some cute pictures of like her face from like a crazy angle this sonographer or this ultrasound tech was like pushing like to try to move things around they did make me go to the bathroom like midway through because i think my bladder filled back up and she's like oh your bladder's pretty full and so she had me go to the bathroom and she's like maybe she'll move at that point so then we can get the rest of the images that we need and yeah she just was not cooperating which ended up resulting in more images for us in the future so i'm actually not mad about it (laughs) um but everything from that appointment went really well like ROB was basically like, you're good. I, everything looks perfect. She's like, the only thing is she couldn't quite get as many images. Cause she's like, she was really far tucked in there. She goes, which is fine. But we just couldn't get like one side of the brain that they wanted. And she's like, normally they would probably tell you that you're good to go and like not to worry about anything. But she's like, I'm just going to have you come back at your next scan, get another ultrasound done just to get some more images. And then we can be a hundred percent for sure that everything's good. Nice. And I was like, I mean, I'm fine with getting another scan. And she's yeah. like, right. But I told Kanan we're really lucky because typically I think it's that initial ultrasound. And then the 20 week ultrasound is the only ones you get unless something's wow. maybe wrong. Um, or maybe they want to check on measurements or whatever. That's something I didn't know either. I just assumed that every appointment you get an ultrasound, Mm -hmm. but I guess not. I thought they were more frequent too. Um, and so I was like, wow, Kanan, we're really lucky to get more images without it being for a concerning reason. So at 24 weeks, we'll get another ultrasound, which I'm very excited about because then she'll be even more 
developed at that point too um but yeah it was so fun i just i got to see some of the pictures yeah she she looks very cute and there's so many pictures like the the ultrasound tech did a great job of of printing a lot out for us which i was her little legs are crossed in one and her little button nose like she's so cute in there yeah yeah and so that was kind of like the appointment layout um and then with that, I did want to talk about just some like memorable moments. So I'll go into detail probably a little bit about some of the things we've already talked about. Um, but just some things that I want to be able to look back on and remember. And maybe if you're going through a pregnancy or you will be going through a pregnancy, these are some of the things that will probably show up in your like memorable moments too. Um, but the first is like telling family. That was so fun because we did keep it a secret that we had had a prior loss until we had our new pregnancy, um, specifically from our family, like my sister knew, but other than that, like no family knew because we still wanted people to like not know that we were trying and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it was so funny because I think our families like expected us to have kids fairly soon after we got married. Yeah. Um, just cause we've been together for so long, but I, I thought that they would like expect it and they were all kind of like caught off guard. Like they weren't just expecting it. And I was like, oh, this is great because I, yeah. I didn't want them to be like anticipating we were going to tell them something. Right. So every single one of them were like caught off guard and they're kind of like, oh my gosh, really? And I'm like, yeah. And so that was really fun for us um, to get to tell them. And of course they're so pumped. Like it'll be second grandbaby on my side, but first girl. So I have my nephew yeah. um, and they'll be like exactly two years apart. Um, so my sister's so son. Yeah. Um, and then first grandbaby on the Janacek side. So very excited, obviously, everywhere. Yes. And we don't have a ton of like babies in our family. So it's basically the highlight of everybody's lives Aww. at this point. Um, so it's so sweet. And then another memorable moment, that first appointment. I mean, I talked about this, but I think just seeing her, seeing the heartbeat. And I remember like saying, oh my gosh, that's the heart. And I like looked at Kanan and he had like the biggest smile on his face. And I just thought it was so cute. Like I'll never forget that. Um, and so that was obviously a huge moment for us is just making sure that we knew like there's something there and like there's a potential that it could result in a little baby. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun for us. Finding the heartbeat with a Doppler at home was another one. So there's kind of like different feelings on Dopplers. So you can get at-home Dopplers where you can look for the heartbeat. I think that this can cause some stress for people who can't find it. Because sometimes your placenta is in a weird spot. Or if you aren't exactly where baby's at really early, you literally won't be able to find it. Right. I knew that I would be pretty level-headed about that. So if I couldn't find it, it wasn't going to freak me out because I'm like, it's hard to find early on. Mm-hmm. Like now I can find it in two seconds. Right. But I did try the first time, I think at like nine weeks. Yeah. So around nine weeks I tried, couldn't find it. I was like looking around everywhere, which I think now I know I was looking in all the wrong places. Yeah. Cause they're so small and they're literally just so low in your like uterus at that point that they're, it's not like they're up by your belly button. Right. Like they're so low. Yeah. And so didn't find her, didn't freak out about it. I was like, I'll just try again in like a week or two. And so it was right before we were about to go to our 11 week appointment. I, well, it was like two days before I tried again and I was like looking all over the place and I couldn't find it. And I was like, uh, whatever, you know, like I'll just give up. But then I was like, why don't I like look online and see where a baby at 
like 11 weeks or 10 weeks, whatever it was should be. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize like they were that low. So I took the Doppler and set it right where it said it should be and immediately found it. Like it's so weird. So if you are trying to find it with a Doppler and you're like getting frustrated, um, I think it's okay to give yourself breaks. Like don't expect to find it because it is really hard, but look up like where the respective time frame you're in, like where the baby would be because- it's very, very small room for error because they're just like so tiny at that point. So I did like having my Doppler. Um, I found the heartbeat for the first time. Keenan wasn't with me. I was home alone, but I just remember finding it because you hear your heartbeat, but then you hear like a, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. I remember you sending me a video and I was like, wow, that's, that's so wild. It's so fast. Um, like I think at that point it was probably like 160 beats per minute or something. It's usually about like two times what our resting heart rate would be. Yeah. And so as they get bigger, um, their heart rate does slow down a tiny bit. So I think now, um, I think her heart rate was like one thirties at like our 20 week ultrasound, which is normal for that age. But, um, yeah, I was, it was beaten away in there. So that was really fun for me. Um, other people, it kind of causes again, that stress. So they don't like the Dopplers, but I really liked mine. And it did actually help. We did have a little tiny scare at like 14 weeks. I just had a little bit of spotting. Um, Very, very light, nothing scary. But I was nervous about it, obviously. And so we rushed home, looked for the Doppler, found her heartbeat. And then that gave me ease of mind or like that peace of mind. Um, And so I really appreciated having that. Or if I ever was like a little bit crampy and was kind of just like, uh, because you can't feel them moving at that point. So it's, there's no like, reassurance that right you know there's something that she's in there and so I would just check every now and again whenever I'd get a little bit anxious or whatever and then I was you know good to go so I really liked mine finding out um genetic results and gender that was so fun I like kind of told the story about that but we actually looking back at my initial um announcement podcast episode I had, you had asked me, like, what do you think the gender is? Yep. And I said in that, that I, for some reason, initially thought it was a girl, which I had always thought it was going to be a boy. And I said that, but then by the time I was getting my blood work back, I was fully convinced that it was a boy. Yeah. Like Kanan has only brothers. His dad has all brothers except one sister. Like there's tons of boys and it comes from the the male side yeah um like that uh um i didn't know that yeah the chromosome so uh, like women we only provide x oh yeah yeah and then men they either provide x or y X or y, yeah so if they provide x it's a girl if they provide y it's a boy and so i just thought it was a boy mm-hmm. so when we opened up the results the first thing i saw is the bottom it says like predicted fetal sex and it said female and i said it's a girl and Kanan was like oh my gosh and we of course were excited we were just so caught off guard because yeah. we like were fully sold it was a boy at that point i was convinced i was convinced the whole time that oh yeah they were having a girl yeah and so we, i was trying to get peyton to tell me <laughs> yeah, early she was. <laughs> um because so when we found out we decided for like two and a half weeks, we were going to keep it a secret from like our family and our friends, um, which I actually did really enjoy doing. It kind of felt like our little secret that nobody else knew. And, and, uh, so we kept that a secret until we had like a little, um, I say gender reveal. It was kind of like 
a diaper raffle, getting together with everybody. And we just surprised our family and friends with the fact that we were having a baby girl. We had a local baker make a cake. The cake was precious. It was so, so cute. cute. Um, and so we had the uh, local baker make a cake. And then once we found out if it was a girl or a boy, we had them put the respective like colored frosting on the inside. So pink for girl, blue for boy, just to be obvious with the yep. the gender, obviously. Yep. Um, and so we did that. And so we had this kind of time to process and like know what she was. And then in that time we had Thanksgiving. So we were around like most of our family and I cannot believe we didn't slip up. Yeah. Like I saw every bit of my family except for like my mom and my stepdad. And I don't know how we did it, but it worked out and nobody knew. And so we got to do that little, um, surprise kind of party for everybody, which Brooke was there. Yeah, I don't know if it you want to like talk about yeah, it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, we like all walked in and well, like I said, I thought it was a girl the whole time. And I think it was because I have, I just thought that, but mm-hmm. then also Peyton's initial thought was girl. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with her very initial thought. And then just like my thought, I mean, in reality, you're like 50, 50. Right. So whatever. Um, but then Peyton went and got her nails done the week of, and she got them done blue. And I knew she had sent me the outfit she was going to wear for the gender reveal. And it was like a cute white shirt that said like cool mom on mm-hmm. it with pink pants. And, but then she got blue nails. So I was like, okay, is she trying to like wear pink, but then have blue nails because she's having a boy? Yeah. And so I got a little bit of doubt in my head the week of because it's like wait now I like really don't know because I've thought it was a girl this whole time and now Peyton's throwing me off because she went and got her nails done blue the nails really threw people off and that was really the point. threw me <laughs> off yeah and apparently that was the point Peyton was trying to throw people off but um the cake was gorgeous and it tasted so good um it was so fun to see like everybody just get so excited to see like what they were having and it was just a fun time yeah. with everybody but yeah I I had the best time like finding out. Yeah, it was really fun. We just did the thing where you like push the wine glasses into the cake and like pull them away. So then you can see what color the frosting is on the inside. And so we did that to kind of like show everybody um, what what we were having. Yeah. And so that was really fun. Um, so we had that. And then I felt the first real kick around 14 and a half weeks, which is super, super early if you've ever been pregnant or like you know, you are planning to, I feel like people typically don't get consistent or like for sure kicks, especially as first time moms. I think second time and third time parents can like feel them a lot earlier. But if you're a first time mom, you don't really know what you're looking for. So it's like, was that gas? Was that like digestion? Like what is going on? But I was sitting there at work and I now know that I have a anterior placenta. I think that's right. Anterior means it's in the front. Posterior means it's in the back. Well, then it would be posterior. It's typically posterior. Anterior is pretty rare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I keep, I do know that. Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna say, I keep getting those mixed up in my head. Yeah. Yes. So I have the, where it's normally at is towards the back, Yep. which if it's in the front, it's really hard to feel kicks for like a pretty long time. Yep. Um, like I'm talking like sometimes 24 weeks, people are just starting to feel their first few kicks. So it's just kind of where your placenta ends up. Um, and so mine's in the back. So I have been able to feel her 
very easily. But so I was at work and I was just about to get into a meeting and I felt like two, it almost felt like someone flicked me in the stomach like twice. And I was like, what the heck was that? And I knew it didn't feel like gas or anything like that. And so I texted Kanan. I was like, I think I just felt kicks. And he sent like the emoji eyes, like looking off the side, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I was like, but I don't know. And of course it wasn't consistent. So I was like, well, you know, whatever. And I don't think I felt it at all the rest of that week. And then the 15th week, 15, I felt maybe like one or two. Yeah. And it was kind of like that until, um, like 18 weeks and then it started ramping up. Yeah. And now, so I'm again, like 20 and a half weeks. She's actually kicking right now, but she's like all over the place, especially when I eat and it's starting to become like more routine. So she kind of, I can tell when she normally is sleeping or when she's normally active and it's usually like right before I go to bed, she's like super active. Really? Yeah. What is she right now? Um, she's not super active, but I think it's probably cause I like haven't had much to eat when you eat sugar. They like get amped up. Oh, nice. Um, so like right before our anatomy scan, Little sugar high. Yeah. I was eating all this stuff to like get her to move and she was so active. Yeah. Um, she just was facing the wrong way, but yeah. So she's like moving around a little bit, but nothing crazy right now. Um, but yeah, so kicks are like way more frequent but the first one was just kind of like cool to feel because now I know that that's actually what it was yeah like I'm like wow I I was right that it was a kick and then um obviously the anatomy scan so just seeing her like with her little legs crossed um it was so funny the the ultrasound tech she was like oh yeah she's just hanging out in there she had her little ankles crossed and was just like tossed back and and she had her little hands up by her face which made it kind of complicated to get any pictures because she had both of them like her fists were balled up and they're up by her face so she was hiding her face um but i could see like her little lips and her nose and um just it was crazy being able to feel her move and seeing her and see at the same time yeah. because it's you don't like get that satisfaction no ever. you would like I would feel it and I'd watch her like jerk or her legs kick out and I'm like that is so crazy yeah even Kanan was like that is so wild I asked him like what his favorite part of the whole thing was or what he thought was the coolest and he's like I just think it was so cool to like see her face and like what she looks like because you just have no idea until that point and so Again, I'll get to have another ultrasound at 24 weeks. So I'm really hoping that we get some more like good pictures of her face, um, which I think they'll try to do since we didn't get a ton this time. Yeah. I'm Uh, excited if you decide to share those with me. Oh, yeah. I love looking at pictures of her. I know. And I'm like, I share them with everybody because I'm just like, can't keep anything to myself. I know. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, so those were kind of like my memorable, memorable moments this far. And I think I could add to that just like, we're starting to prep the nursery and like we're picking out, we are picking out like what chair we want and what travel system. So what like stroller and um, car seat combination and what accent, well paint color we want and what we want to do with like the closet and we build the crib and the dresser. And so that's been fun for Kane and I to kind of do together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to look at it after this. Yeah, I'll have to bring it through okay. there because I kind of got, I'm getting in that like nesting mode now. Like yeah. I actually feel it and I just want to like organize everything. But I have some like work commitments that I need to figure, like yeah. peachy plate stuff. Um, So I'm trying to be smart with my time, but you I'd rather time. just sit in there and yeah. like do stuff all day. I know. You have some time though. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, do you have any tips that you want to share with like other first time moms or maybe people who are, 
like plan to become pregnant or are mm-hmm. trying to conceive, like, are there any tips that you have for people out there? Yeah. So there's a couple things that I would say first is like, just do what you can while you're feeling poorly. I remember in the first like announcement episode, I was like, I'm going to work out during the first trimester and I'm going to eat healthy. No, I didn't go to the gym for like three months. Like (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I couldn't because I felt like I was either going to pass out or throw up or whatever. It was like almost didn't feel safe for me to try to go like lift weights and stuff. And so I just let myself be and like do what I needed to do. Sleep was very important for me. So like just do what you can. And I know, again, like some of you are going to go through pregnancy and you're going to be sick the entire time and like do what you can. You know, it's like I was eating all these like fried foods and stuff and I never once made myself feel bad about it because I'm like, why would I? Yeah. Like this is great. A temporary time and like this is what my body needs. I literally just needed calories because I was so... I wasn't, I mean, it's normal to not gain any weight or anything for the first few months, but I was like, I need to get calories because I was almost like losing weight from just not being able to eat. Yeah. And that obviously like, I, I don't want to be like losing a bunch of weight during this pregnancy. Right. Um, and so that was a big thing. Just do what you can. Two is call or message your doctors or nurses for literally anything that you're uncomfortable about. Like, don't feel bad because that's literally what they're there for. I know there's been some times where I just feel a little bit silly, like reaching out to them, but, um, my clinic. So through my chart, you can just message your nurses instead of like calling and talking to the doctors. And so, I mean, I slipped on ice like a couple, was that last week, two weeks ago? I think it was two two weeks ago. Um, I slipped on ice actually. And I like caught myself and I didn't land on my stomach or anything, but I was like, I know deep down, like everything's fine, but I just wanted to double check that there was nothing I needed to be concerned about or whatever. So I just messaged my nurses and within 30 minutes they responded back and they just told me like what to look for, but not to really worry about it. And so then that gave me peace of mind and I'm not sitting there stewing up about it all day. Right. And can I ask you, do you feel like this is helpful or like a good tip for maybe, um, for those who have like experienced a loss, like did this give you peace of mind? Do you feel like because of that or or do you think it had anything to do with maybe why you know you you felt like you wanted to reach out in some of those instances only because like obviously there's some trauma there with like and trauma or like worry you know yeah I I don't know I've I've kind of wanted to ask you that and I I feel like I haven't yeah so there's pieces to that that I don't know because I haven't experienced the other side right where I feel like any any mom whether you've experienced losses where you whether you've not whether it took you a really long time to get pregnant whether you got pregnant on the first try right you just want everything to be okay yes like I think there's a piece of that where you literally are just like I think some people I wish I could be this way so if you if you get to like experience this I am so excited for you but just like kind of being unknowingly blissful like you just kind of don't look into anything you just like ride it out like I wish I could do that ignorance is bliss baby yes that's gonna be me I hope <laughs> that's why I'm like I mean and I'm like worried about all these things that yeah you would have to look up to know but I feel like from the medical side like I just looked into a lot of things due to my loss that if anything ever came up, then I could ask questions about it. But that then made me more Mm self-aware 
almost to a fault, I yeah. think. So I think there's bits and pieces to that. Yeah, well, because being knowledgeable about this whole process is is powerful and right. is great. Um, but there is that flip side where, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes maybe when you are a little bit more naive, if everything is going swimmingly, maybe there's just a little less worry associated yes. with it only because you simply don't have the knowledge or you right. don't seek seek it out. Right. Which pros and cons to both. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Cause I think like you said, you know, if, if you are knowledgeable on a lot of these things, you can kind of advocate for yourself a little bit better, which is my purpose behind it. It's like, if I want specific testing, if I want whatever I can, I know how to ask for that. Um, but it does cause you read things then and you're like, well, I wish I didn't know that was a thing. Um, right. and I now can't get it out of my head. So the same thing with like the reason I went in for potentially feeling like I was leaking amniotic fluid, I would have had no idea that that was even a thing unless I looked into it. Right. Um, and so it does cause some like unnecessary, I wouldn't necessarily say unnecessary worry, but if I, it's still nice to make sure it's still like great to make sure, but I just didn't know if you felt like, um, you were more empt to reach out to the nurses Mm -hmm. because, because of your like journey to get to yeah. this point. Well, and I do think that um I thought always that like once I got past first trimester, for example, all my anxiety and worries would go away. And yeah. is that still kind of there a little if bit? If I would say that that was true, I'd be lying. Like it. I it just moves on to the next thing. Yeah. So it's like then you start thinking about like preeclampsia and like preterm labor and all these things. So it's like right when you get past the point of okay, we're, we're in the clear quote unquote, right? Like first trimester is when a lot of things that are going to go wrong do go wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you just think that you're not going to be worried anymore and then you find something else to be worried about. And I've noticed now that I can feel her, like I can feel her move. I'm like, okay, I know she's doing pretty good in there. Then I start to worry about what's going to happen to me. Like it's so weird. So (laughs) Again, this just probably stems off of some like anxieties and things like that too. So, you know, again, if you're able to avoid those feelings or if you can find coping mechanism mechanisms to get yourself out of there, that is highly recommended. And if not like seeking therapy, um, I'm checking in with myself mm-hmm. a little bit in that um, because I knew, know that like postpartum and I think it's called antenatal is like before you even have the baby, like anxieties and thing, depression can happen. And so my doctors did have me do like a depression um, exam or screening at my 20 week appointment and just kind of talked to me about some of those different things. So I feel very comfortable again, talking about that, whereas some people might not. So just, you know, be open to, to checking in on yourself and also asking for help, asking for help or talking to a partner like Kanan, for example, knows my whole experience with everything kind of knows how to tell if I'm going through stuff. And so he knows what to look for. Yeah. Um, so that's really important too. Yeah. But yeah, talk to your doctors, nurses for anything. Again, that's what they're there for. So, um, you know, get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, in addition to that, like obviously ask for help if you need it. That's kind of like, you know, whether that's your clinical team, like asking for medication, for example, when I was like, Oh, I'm so nauseous. Like, can I please have something just in case? Or family and friends. Um, I'm typically like very de- independent, but even Kanan has had to help me a little bit more than I usually would expect expect from him. Like during this time, which he's totally happy to, and I'm very grateful for. But it's just like 
I'm always the one who made dinner or I'm always right. the one who did all these things. And I, especially during the first trimester was like almost felt incapable of doing those things. Yeah. Not because I couldn't, but because I literally couldn't get up yeah. and or feel good. So he, he kind of took the reins on that. So asking for help is, is, you know, recommended hydrating. That's a big one. Um, I mean, people will talk you up and down about how you need to hydrate, especially when you're pregnant, especially because if you don't, if you're dehydrated, you start to get crampy or you can have more Braxton Hicks and things like that, which don't make you feel good. And they also make you kind of nervous. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so that's what, I mean, my doctors and nurses would talk about that, especially early on. They're like, you know, if you're getting crampy or something, they're like, make sure that you're having enough fluids. Um, they would also say like, if you're exercising and you notice some of those cramping feelings, like stop exercising for a little bit, that kind of thing. But hydration's always a big one. Um, so just making sure that you're getting enough fluids, get daycare lined up early if you plan to use it. Yeah. You were on top of this. I was like, wow. Yeah. That's cause then I feel like you kind of like walk through the process or your process with me. And I was like, you're in your first trimester. What do you mean you're lining up daycare? And you were like, yeah. you have to. And I was like, what? Yeah. It feels crazy. And now I'm so glad that we did it when we did yeah. because the stress is gone with that. But I started panicking because we, we wanted to do like an in-home daycare one because of cost. It's usually typically a, a little more affordable, especially around our area, but there is like this child care shortage, I think like nationally, honestly. Yeah. And so, um, I was told look early to try to find stuff and find somebody that you like. So I started reaching out. I reached out to like 12 people all in homes, very close to us, like within 10 minutes of our house. And I had someone lined up. So this was about 11 weeks along and I had someone lined up and I was like, cool, that like, wasn't very hard. Like it was like the third person I called ended up four minutes from her house. She's like, cool. We got it solidified. She texts me a week later and is like, Hey, I just found out one of my moms that I currently have a kid with is pregnant. So I don't have that spot open anymore. Yeah. So we were just kicked off the list, which is just how it works because you know, she'd rather keep the two kids there that she's going to have rather than just replacing it with our one. Yeah. Um, and that's just how it works because these at home facilities can only have, I think it's like two infants per provider, like through the state. And yeah. so it's very, very hard to get in. So all these other people were like, um, I have a pregnant mom. Oh, I have a pregnant mom. Like, I'm not kidding. Everybody's pregnant right now. Um, and so I was really worried that we weren't going to be able to find someone that was close. I mean, we probably could have found someone, but I didn't want to drive 30 minutes one way to drop my kid off and then have to pick them up and whatever. So luckily we did come across someone who's again, four minutes from our house. We went and did like an interview process with her and got to know her and are really happy with, um, with her and our choice to utilize her as our provider. Yeah. And she literally was booked out until August of 2024, which is when we needed her. Wow. Um, and a couple of the other places I called were booked out until like 2025. And so if that blows it, my mind. Yes. Like, truly. so it feels silly, like calling around at like 10 weeks pregnant and being like, Hey, I'm, I need daycare in a year, you know, it yeah. feels like still do it because it's so nice to get it lined up and like get everything signed. And like we had to pay a deposit, whatever. Now we're done with it. And we just know that that's 
coming up and we yeah. have it lined up. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, definitely recommend that. And the last thing um, that I would say is just like set boundaries if you need to. Your health, your mental health, your rest, et cetera, is priority at this point. Yep. Like, you know, it's like people want me to go out and run around and do all this but i'm exhausted and i'm nauseous i'm like i'm not going yeah like i'm sorry i love you but like i'm not going take care of yourself yeah first, so just sure. make sure you're taking care of yourself because it is i mean it's a lot for your body to process and hopefully you'll go through a point and maybe you'll go through your pregnancy and you aren't sick and you're not nauseous and you're not tired but you could be and so it's like give yourself grace in that I always say if I wasn't in this like second trimester kind of like bliss, like I did get that. And I'm so thankful because I think I would struggle a little bit without it. But like I'm able to eat all the food I want. I am able to cook again. I'm able to go to the gym. Like I feel very good right now. And I'm so, so thankful for that. But if you don't like tell people to leave you alone and help you out, you know, like, yeah, like just make me some food and then leave my house. (laughs) No, but seriously. Yeah. Just you know, make sure that you're prioritizing your, your health and stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, kind of to wrap things up, what are some of the things that like you or you and Kanan are looking forward to in this next phase, whether it's like second and third trimester, yeah. like meeting baby. I don't know. We'll probably do another one of these. I don't know. Yeah. If it'll probably be like later, later, like right before you give birth yeah. or like after, I yeah. don't know. That's crazy. I know <laughs> it's crazy. Cause we recorded it and now we're halfway through and it feels like we're just going to like, that's nuts. Blink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of go through this quickly, but some things that I'm looking forward to is obviously our next scan. Since we do get to get more pictures, um, I feel peace of mind in that I think everything's good. So I'm not super concerned that like they're going to find something at the next scan. Like I don't have anxiety about that. So I'm just excited to get to see her again, getting closer to meeting her. It just feels like it's so close, but also still so far away. Yeah. Um, but I know it's going to go so fast. I'm sure. And then finishing up her nursery and nesting and organizing. Like I said, that's really starting to set in a little bit. And so I just want to clean the house and I want to do all these things. And it's like people make jokes about like wanting to clean their baseboards before their baby gets here just so it's clean. And I'm like, I feel that in my bones, Um, which I do like because I do like organizing and, and cleaning and stuff like that. But you just feel like you don't have time to do it all. Oh, yeah. But I am excited to do that. I'm excited for my baby showers. So my sister's planning one for me with like my close family and friends. And then Kanan's parents are actually going to put on one back in Alma. And it's going to be kind of like a couple shower. So they're more inviting like their friends to kind of celebrate us because their friends are very active in their lives and like their kids' lives. And so they're going to throw us a little party, which I think will be so fun. That'll be so fun. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to those, which will probably happen in like March. Um, and then just like spending this special time with Kanan, there's like so much that we get to talk about and like just dream about. And yeah, I don't know. It's fun to like bring up in conversation all the time and then continuing to feel her move and connect with her. I think every time I feel her move, it's just like, I feel more connected in a sense like I'm oh my gosh she's like in there and we can talk about her more as like it feels like her personality is developing already which is so fun figuring out a name for her is another thing I'm so excited for this oh my gosh this is the the thing that I'm like most looking forward to is like well meeting her um but also like when you guys figure out a name whether you wait to share it or whether you share early I'm just like so excited because 
I don't know. I just, it's going to be so cute. It's so hard. Cause like we, so originally we thought we were having a, a boy. Um, although we've had this boy name that we like for years. So we already knew our boy name, mm-hmm. not the middle name, but we had the first name. We had no ideas for girls. And so we're like, well, it's probably going to be a boy. So we won't need to worry about it. No, it's a girl. And we still have zero names, which is fine. <laughs> we have time, but like, I just, I have this thing with girl names and I just hate all of them. Like I know so many girls and women that I love their names and I love them as a person, but it feels like you can't really use, I don't want to reuse their names, but it's so hard. I just look at all these names. I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that. Well, it's always okay. Like to come in with like a top three. And then once you meet her and like see her face, like maybe I know you'll just be like, Oh, she's so she's so Peyton or yeah. she's so Brooke or well, she's that's, so that's, not that you're going to name her Peyton or Brooke, but that's my only problem though, is I don't even have one that I like. Mm, got it. So Kanan and I are no having top three, problem. Just, just zero, <laughs> just zero. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do a pull a Kylie Jenner name or name her wolf and then we'll figure it out from there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. And then just the last thing is obviously meeting her. Like, I feel like that's just going to be so fun. Like seeing her actually like, as a little human. I can't wait to hold her. I know. Oh, I can't. I can't believe. I have a feeling she's going to be kind of, not little, but she, so during the scan, she was um, 13 ounces. So she's just under a pound still, which is nuts because she's like so strong and crazy in there. Yeah, well. But she's in like the 50th percentile. So she's smack dab kind of in the average middle. Yeah. But I have a feeling she's going to be little because Kanan and I were little. It's I not say a bad that. thing for birth. I know. She better not come out like 10 pounds now that I said that. <sighs> but I'm hoping we were both around like six pounds. So I'm like seven pounds. That'd be great. That seems manageable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it'll be kind of fun to see like what she looks like and how big she is and all that. Oh, I cannot wait to hold her. Yeah. But yeah, those are kind of just the things that I'm looking forward to. So yeah, that's kind of just an update on where we're at. So halfway through. We're halfway through. That's which like... Is, literally not it's wild because i feel like we just recorded the like first announcement i know like it feels like not long ago at all and so i'm like wow is are these next 20 weeks gonna fly by just as quickly and if so like i know that's that's so insane i, I mean i guess it's already 2024 and like you're gonna meet her this year like I we're know, gonna meet that her in a couple months which th- is I mean, yeah, what? <laughs> that was kind of the cool part was like knowing, okay, now it's 2024. Like this is the year she's going to be born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I know. Oh It'll my gosh. So um, well, please go send Peyton all of your well wishes at our, at our Instagram at wellbound podcast. Um, we'll post a couple little slides from this episode. And so Everyone go wish Peyton well. And yeah, if you like what you hear, follow our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and we will, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.